0: Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger.
1: Hello, hello. Oh,
0: what are we doing tonight, Ben?
1: I thought we'd go back to the old classic, some ramped up click pitch. Okay, click pitch. I
0: thought you were going to talk about the good old classic reviewing games, but that's Okay. <laughs> No, um,
1: no, none of this, none of these real life games.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Elden Ring do- has just come out at the time of this releasing. I don't want to um, hear about your porn games. Releasing.
1: I don't want to hear about your porn games, your Elden Ring and your dark At
0: holes. the time of recording, this is the night before Elden Ring gets released, and I'm looking forward to playing it sometime over the weekend. If the edit N- didn't oh. come out in time, then you know why. I'm just not into um, Holes likes. Like,
1: <laughs> three, two, one, click.
0: Three, two, one. Well,
1: actually, Ben, what is- what is? Everybody cl- up click knows. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Rammed up click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we will each get a new set of words, an adjective and a noun each, and uh, we will read them out. We will slam them together at high speeds in a particle accelerator and make amazing- New, unseen before game designs. Yes, they will only mm-hmm. exist for a fraction of a millisecond before they disappear into the ether. But we will have and, a lot of them on this.
0: Podcast. And, and we and we just describe them as best as we can recollect from that millisecond that we saw it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have lots of recording equipment ready to to capture these these fleeting moments of game brilliance. Three, two, one, smash! Three, two, one
0: smash, uh, stumbling, catering, recursive, pleasure.
1: Hmm. Okay. How could we, so do something recursive in a video, like where, you know, you enter into something like sort of a fractal kind of situation, um, but also to do with catering.
0: <laughs> what 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 if it's a a rogue-like cooking simulator?
1: Okay, that's cool.
0: That effectively you're stumbling around a dungeon trying to find all the ingredients. Mm. And then return them to to like um ma- make you know a recipe. Like you you're told you're going into this into this maze. Or yep. you go into this dungeon, you look for uh three mushrooms of this this variety, uh some pig meat and, you know, some I don't know, orcs blood or something like that, and that'll help you that'll mean that you can make this this meal. But if you pick up the wrong ingredients, then you've just whatever whatever ingredients you have when you leave, that's what goes into the dish.
1: Okay. I I do like the idea of a roguelike of some at least some of the the, the mechanics of a rogue, like in a cooking game. I wonder though if we can move it away from the dungeon crawler style of things and keep some of the stuff of like runs that have a distinct beginning and end, random, you know, randomly generated ingredients or recipes or, or whatever, like, um, and then, you know, maybe bringing in some of the things of, oh, you, you went, you know, you, you achieved a particular thing or found a new re- recipe in this, uh, run. Now it's unlocked for the next run. Mm-hmm. But instead of going the dungeon crawler route, making it a bit more, I, I guess just seeing how we can fit those things into maybe a more standard cooking simulator style, um, style game where you do it. I still
0: think there should be ingredients that you've got to go out and, and get in the run. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a dungeon crawler as such, it's just okay, yeah you so need to you need to run than- out and, and get this.
1: Yeah, if even if yes, even if we could make it not combat based, I think that could be interesting. But having yeah. tools for improving your skill at scavenging at you know uh Getting the best deals. I don't know. Mate, yeah. you just well, just I,
0: I was actually about to say that, um, you may actually have to do like a little fetch quest to, to be able to get, you know, the, the golden capped mushrooms. They're only sold in this particular run. They're only sold at this, at this one mm. market mm. and they're super expensive. But if you bring them, you know, um, a bucket of cow's milk, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll happily part, part with it. So yeah, it's I, then- I like making
1: this a bit more of a wholesome thing,
0: hmm. uh, and it's kind of like a rogue, rogue like Stardew Valley, where each day, it, yeah, each day you have like, oh, this is what I need to b- need to do today. So maybe go out to the crops, and
1: <laughs> actually, yes, having some growing uh, mechanics in there could be quite interesting to that as well. Just yep. because, again, you can start it off real basic. You've got like two or three things you can plant. You can plant carrots, you can plant potatoes, you can water them, that's it. They'll grow as long as you Mm -hmm. remember to water them and then you can use them in your recipes. And then, yes, you can go into market, you can do different things. But, you know, after you grow your first potato, you get to the end of that run. It's like you've unlocked cow shit. (laughs) 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 Or you've unlocked some sort of fertilizer or whatever, right? You've unlocked something... That uh will help you, you cultivate and find yeah. or utilize in the next run. Um So maybe it is more of a, a general farming. So maybe you can have some livestock as well that, you know, or so that maybe it is then the first time you buy a cow, it's like, Oh, now you can use that in your, in your runs. Um As long as your cow doesn't have the runs. Uh, can cows get the runs? That'd be.
0: But don't they isn't their normal state they have the runs and that's yeah, I why guess
1: it's so. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, we're thinking far too much about Camille. Um
0: You're the one that brought it up, so I <laughs> it uh,
1: well, was a pun. I just you, I said runs and we we're talking about
0: poo. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I, I do like the idea. And one of the one of the things in these sort of roguelike games is quite often it's not all sp- spelled out for you, so you do kind of stumble through the first couple of runs trying to work out, oh, look, I can- I may have to go to the market, and that's the first thing that I'm thinking about, but, you know, up the top of town, like in- like in um Stardew Valley, there's actually a cave, and in, in a cave, you know if I can find some water, I could find some mushrooms potentially, and then you know that you're sort of going
1: scavenging in there and um, yeah, so I think you'd have to make it so so one of the key things I think a time limit about a rogue like yeah, a time limit potentially, but also just that you're you are you you not you don't know what you're gonna find that run no uh, and so having a way to have some synergies in there. But, you know, often, obviously, in, in combat-based games, the synergy is, is about maybe stacking a certain power that just works particularly well with a certain type of projectile or whatever. But in this case, it's, you know, it's perhaps around, uh, you know, the certain type of fertilizer, you know, does the growing time, you know, times 1.3 or whatever, um, or growing speed. And then, but if you happen to get a, another particularly fast growing plant or something that's like, oh, I can bang out like tons of these crops because of this mm-hmm. combination and then utilize that into, as long as you can find a way to use them in recipes or sell them at the market, then you can boost up your money or you can, you know. Okay. So, each day, um, your farm
0: and your whole your whole area- doesn't change from day to day other than the fact that if you start growing something and you're going to get new crops yeah. and you're growing up and all that sort of stuff. But when you leave to go to town, it's a new version of town every single day. Like, or you may, okay. you may go outside. So it's sort of like um, you're going through different universes slash realities or whatever.
1: Is Your farm is always each, the same. Do you think each day of the each run? Each
0: day. Each day of the run. Interesting. So that your character is the farm, effectively. You and the farm are are one and the same. Okay, okay. You're you're always the same. Let's
1: let's give it a reason for that. This is a, like, fantastical world and your farm- Is the only stationary- is, (laughs) Is- No, I'm thinking is, like, on the back of some creature or something or on the back of a, like, giant structure that, you know- Vehicle or, or something like yep. that. So, it's more actually that each day you are traveling and you are in a new place. Mm. Yep. Um, that could be cool because then you can have events, random events that can come in in a particular run, um, choices but also, to make of which direction to go in.
0: The time limit then becomes more important because if you're not on your farm, when when the time limit is up-
1: Oh, right. Like- if you're like in town and you're-, you're, you're- your farm moves on, basically. But also, if you haven't made you,
0: if you haven't made the um the meal, and this is the meal not for you, it's the meal for the creature. Oh, interesting. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. if you don't have the meal prepared, you don't know what the result's going to be necessarily. Y- they they may take a big bite out of your farm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, half your crops are gone. Half your house is gone. Like half this is a big creature. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> and I like you shouldn't make
1: you. You shouldn't have made your farm out of chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I like that that then gives us yet another avenue for effects that the meals can have on the creature. Mm. Speed it up, slow it down, you know, uh, alter its body chemistry so that your entire farming, like all your crops are affected in some way because you've made your creature more flatulent, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, or given it. Some sort of parasite. I don't know <laughs> that, but positive. There's and negative something. Effects. There's
0: something about that that just you know really intrigues me to see where you could go with this, and the fact that there is no combat, and it's the the fact that you're you're having to sort of build these relationships mm. very very quickly, mm. and sort of understand. Oh, in this world, like I think what a a time limit is. Of 10, twenty minutes to 20 half, an minutes, half an hour.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it's going to depend a lot on the gameplay, but I think no more than half an hour, probably, for that sort of thing.
0: Um, um, I think every now and again you do get like a, like a boss meal or something like that, where <laughs> <Boss> is-
1: meal. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think maybe you would. Yes, I think. I think there could be reasons for it to be like the stakes to be higher or something. Mm. Um. You know, in which case you need to go hunt some thing to make stakes. Uh but yeah, I I I definitely like the no combat roguelike. I think that's I mean, it's just an interesting challenge there. Mm. And I think but I think there's a lot of uh potential. But just
0: even even simple simple discussions in like Maybe over time, you know, you can come back to some of the same places, like- Hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. uh, I I wonder then- uh, So, I do feel like the bit we haven't particularly fleshed out is what happens in the towns. Because if it is about- If you're only in each town for a day uh, uh or for a certain period of time, I mean, maybe it's not- Maybe it's not a single day every time. Maybe it's that different factors affect when- your creature is going to move on Uh, and you may not know like that actually may be something that you have to unlock in a particular run to, to know enough about your creature to know, Oh, they're getting ready to move on. Uh, And so obviously there would need to be signs, but it might just be, Oh, you heard your creature like let out a big yowl while you're in (laughs) town. It's like, Oh shit, the creature's moving. I got to get the fuck out of here. I didn't finish getting all the ingredients I need, but you know, I'm going to take a big penalty if I have to like hire a, a, a caravan, like get on a caravan to get to catch up with my farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. And I, I
0: think um, sort of almost like a lives sort of thing that you've only, you can only, you know, do a caravan X, X amount of times or,
1: you know, effectively you've money. got. I think it'll just take up some of the resources or something that you've got um, or you have to trade. You know, and then you're just going to be behind. You're going to be behind in in this run, and you know, I, I I can imagine it'll be a situation that's like, oh, I missed the I missed the thing. Now start the run over. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I worth missed the bus. Oh God damn it! <laughs> unless you know, unless you've got a particularly rare or a particularly good combination, where you're like, oh no, I can catch up with this, uh, or not just rare, but like synergistic.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think, I think that is actually one of the more fully fleshed out games that we've managed to get in on those, um, on those those fun elements that, Mm.
1: yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I I definitely,
0: and it brings back the whole roguelike randomization, which, well, that's um it. I
1: think, I think you, you've essentially, you know, made. A, a procedural Stardew Valley there, which uh, is a challenging thing, I think, to make work. And not, the, I mean, we're only talking about it. It's like we've made it work. Knows, maybe, we know maybe maybe there are we made huge it work. It? It's but like we, we just idea, sold it. And <laughs> I think as an idea, I think as a pitch, uh, you know, that'd be something worth exploring and figuring out. How do you make those relationships within the, within the town interesting? How do you make the items that you've got affect how you? like deal with the towns um
0: oh you know what we could actually use we could we could use that technology that we built last week for the roadhouse game and we could you know put that sort of in the storylets into,
1: into some yeah. of these
0: some of these towns and you know Storylet- it's just
1: I mean storylets in general for roguelike should really be used more yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a really good model for just being able to slot, uh, narrative into an otherwise procedurally generated world. Mm. Uh, particularly if you've got, yeah, narrative, like bits that will follow on or that will potentially show up and, and call back to previous ones you've seen in that run, um, based on, you know, particular, the state of, of mm. the outcome of the previous ones. That's really cool, actually. Now I want to make a roguelike They're completely aside from the <laughs> farm one. Now I just want to make a roguelike with storylets just to, to blend those those models. That's those cool.
0: genres. And just go. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. Smash. Smash. Smash.
1: Eternal hope. Tired moon. Yeah, there's a pops on there. Eternal hope, tired moon. I hope I'm gonna see you soon. Mhm. I don't know. Uh, is this a game about pop pop singers? No. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> Shut me down. Just <laughs> shut me down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
0: you had you had hope, and I just had to shut it down. I had, I have eternal hope. Yeah. Pop singers? No. <laughs> pop no i don't get that. Oh, no. um <laughs> what we- i know that's the first word that came to my mind no <laughs> cuz i don't like pop <laughs> <laughs>
1: whatever uh tired moon
0: yeah i mean i immediately sort of start thinking about you know what sort of what sort of things we could actually um, we could actually go down in um, a fantastical sort of way, like uh, werewolves and that sort of stuff. Okay, and maybe it's maybe it's about the search for the cure.
1: Okay, okay. What 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 spin can we put on that then? To not just follow the standard werewolfy tropes, but Still uh still you you know, still still harken back to what people understand about werewolves. Mm-hmm. Is this a situation where it's less of the traditional uh full on transformation into a wolf on the full moon and more of more closer to sort of the actual disease of lycanthropy where maybe there's a, maybe there's just to be topical, maybe there's a pandemic of lycanthropy Mm -hmm. and it it causes mood changes. It causes temporary hair growth. It causes (laughs) like reactions to silver, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a, a human thing. It's a, you know, it's, it's a bit different, but you know, we can bring in, supernatural origins around it like what actually it's, it's maybe searching for like the source of this disease to determine you know what brought it into the world what transferred it to humans um, that sort of thing and just the fact that it happens
0: every 28 days just happens to coincide with the um well with th- the moon but it's actually
1: no i think it's still related to the moon i think it you know i think that that yeah, I think that this happens at the full moon. Um, I think it's just interesting to see, okay, how does the world react to like, I don't know, 10% of the population going feral? Going a bit <laughs> feral, not like full on like attacking people and eating things, just everyone gets a bit more aggressive. It's sort of just uh, it's sort of just an extension of what a lot of people believe about the full moon, anyway, right? Like that people act more strangely around the full moon, which is full on just confirmation bias. But in this case, it's like oh no, there's a measurable effect. Like you know, it, based on where you are, like it only happens at night once the you know once the the the, the moonlight is the main kind of radiation that's hitting you or whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know we can sort of come up with some pseudo scientific ways for what triggers it um so i mean i think that's an interesting kind of world then to jump into and then yeah very f- much so and then figuring out okay what's the game here then mm. um
0: but no i'm see- i'm seeing like I suppose it may be because I we didn't even talk about this in the last game, but I was sort of seeing it as a as a Stardew Valley Zelda like downward yeah sort of thing. I kind of like that for this as well. Okay, like um, not necessarily pixelated, yeah, but maybe actual three D models three but a-
1: just fixed perspective kind of
0: fixed perspective, um, maybe even sort of like the the fixed. Sort of screens that feel like they're on a grid, but mm. they're, mm. you
1: know, again, still, um, still, uh, dynamic and, and kind of naturalistic yeah. in their design. It's just the sort of gameplay space is, is grid like. Yeah. Look, uh, that could be cool. Um, and then are you thinking, because I was kind of thinking, like, are you, I was kind of thinking, are you a, scientists like traveling the world like a bit of a um i mean i guess a sort of a bit of an uncharted vibe but from a scientific standpoint rather than hunting tombs you're just like trying to search down uh evidence and 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 analyzing it and and different things and as you travel to different places around the world um but then what's the i guess what's the moment to moment gameplay do you think Hmm.
0: Um. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I think if if you're searching for a cure, you may be one of these one of these people who are not afflicted, and therefore, you know, like you're you're a scientist. Just,
1: I think you probably get afflicted through the course of the game, perhaps. Yeah, I but feel like I, there's got to be a dramatic point where. I I kind of like the idea
0: that rather than you getting it, that like. Someone very close to you has got it.
1: So, here's an interesting thing, and this might just be f- because of the top-down view that you thought, but it, it does actually give me, uh, like, Obsidian RPG kind of vibes. Party? Party-based RPG. I don't know if you play them or not, and I haven't played that many, but it could work a bit more like an RPG where you've got your party and you've got your stats and- you getting infected could be something that happens mm-hmm. through the course of this, or your party members getting infected. Um, and you know, that's just the sort of the way the story can branch, but it's a little bit more stats based and systems based. Then,
0: so when you, when you say Obsidian, which, which
1: games in particular are you? Uh, I'm thinking like, um, uh, what's the Numenera? The recent ones they've done. Uh, Cause, like landscape well, torment, I think. Cause yeah, because because uh, all
0: all that's coming into my mind is like Obsidian did, did the did the two um, South Park
1: games. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the D D <laughs> ones that they did and the, um, I think they did they do the Icewind Dale again. I never particularly played them. Oh, that was Black Isle. Maybe I'm thinking of Black Isle. Mm-hmm. You probably are. Um. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's Chris Avalon, anyway, is generally mm-hmm. the guy who's. Uh, he's worked for Obsidian, too. So, no, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm. Um, yeah. I think in general, I, I'm on the right path, but. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. And so it's a bit more of. You have a lot of side quests and stuff as you're going around. Um, uh, you know, you maybe have some combat, but it's not the main focus necessarily. A lot of it's more conversation based, or even a bit disco Elysium mm. in that way of it's it's searching for clues, it's solving puzzles, it's doing a lot of dialogue, it's a, a lot of it's about the writing. Um, but it's set in this world of this fucking werewolf pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> uh, yeah I think that could be really
0: cool, yeah so I was actually thinking at some stage um it would be good to have one of the members maybe betray the team to have that extra extra right. little bit of
1: um so push and pull with your- is there maybe a faction that thinks this is the the way that the world should be going and they're like trying to infect everyone, yeah, they believe that the goal is that that all humans should become like uh, lycanthropic. Mm. Yeah. That could be cool. That could be, you know, potentially. And again, you know, maybe it's a, a thing that plays out based on stat roles and stuff, but uh, that could be the moment that potentially your character gets infected. You know, yeah. if you, depending on your relationship with that character, whether you can talk them down or depending on your strength skill or whatever, whether you can fight them off uh, that, that yeah, potentially they, they infect you uh, on purpose and, and then that's just another factor in the game. And then you have, you know, obviously in a game like this, it would make sense to have a, um, you know, day, not, if not day, night, but at least like days changing. So you know where the full moon's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. and on the full moon, like if those who are infected, their stats change there, there's different, you know, the roles will go differently, um, mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. That, that's, that's cool. It's such, I, I have a lot of respect for developers of that sort of game where, you know, you've got these different storylines that can vary so much just based on the outcome of a roll. Um, you know, obviously a, a weighted roll depending on your stats, but uh, to to put all that together and have it be cohesive... And let all the option like make it actually seem like you've got different ways of going through it. That's impressive. Mm. Um, three, two, one, smash. Three, two, one, smash. Hmm. Powered reactor optimum confirmation. Okay. So powered reactor immediately gave me. Some Particles sh- particle accelerator vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't actually, although that could be part of it. Uh, no, like some sort of competitive couch game where you're trying mm-hmm. to where you've got a reactor that is some in some way vital to your side and you're trying to keep it powered essentially. Yeah. Um kind of like you you've
0: <laughs> I kind of like the idea of of like a four player co op. No, oh, four player couch yep. competitive game where you've all got shovels and there's like, there's like one, um, one pile of the, of the fuel that right. you, that okay. you're running okay. towards. Okay. Cool. You, you, and once, you, you get, once you get, once you get, once you actually get a shovel full, then you've got to, you've got to go back kind of egg and spoon race like, <laughs> like trying not, trying not to be, um, like not to have the, or- the the fuel knocked out of your hands and obviously other people can be coming up and knocking it knocking it out of your hands mm. and all this sort of stuff and
1: So I'll tell you what I just thought of. Yep. Which I don't know if this will work or not. But when you talked about sort of keeping it fueled and that sort of thing. A multiplayer automation kind of game. Like a satisfactor, or maybe if we're talking this, maybe more like a factorial on on that more simple top down kind of view, but very much on a smaller scale. Yep. Um, so you're not going deep into like combining things like five layers deep of technology, but it is more about, uh, you've got a certain amount of resources, you can build some, some some grabbers some conveyors and uh, having your reactor powered then perhaps gives you a sep- like either a separate resource that you can turn into new automation things or it just like speeds things up or whatever yep but you could potentially and I think this would have to be probably not a same maybe not a catch cop game catch competitive game then more of a, just a, a multiplayer online game Game, because again, I'm thinking sort of top down 2D almost. Um, coming in and hijacking your opponents. So Mm -hmm. if they're not watching or they haven't put up, uh, defenses or whatever, then you just reroute their conveyor (laughs) onto yours.
0: they, They haven't actually put like the, the child, uh, the child, you know, caps on, on like, uh, the points and stuff like that, so you can sneak- <laughs> you, you can sneak power a- <laughs> from them. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking you can get an extension lead and sort of sneak it in. <laughs> I actually
1: love that idea. I love the idea of just- Because, yes, obviously, you could do the, the the bigger thing of rerouting their conveyor, but they're probably going to notice because their, like, flow of whatever resource, like in ty- tyrenium, uh mm-hmm. is going to stop. Um, but- <laughs> But if you just plug your extension cord in and (laughs) siphon some out, and they haven't noticed the little yellow cord snaking out (laughs) into the fog of war. (laughs) There's just
0: something about it that is just so sneaky. And it's like, as long as you bring it in on a power power line, it's like, where's that power line go to? (laughs) You know, it's just sort of, it's in a group and then it just sort of jumps off into the-
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm liking this I'm liking this as a bit of a cross between command and conquer the old ones and but of course you can also Factorio. chuck a splitter.
0: you can put a splitter down on one of their things and just you know siphon
1: off you know some of their some of their stuff and <laughs> yeah, well, I think you'd have to figure out how how to limit or how to protect against that then right like is it about building defenses where you can literally because I wonder if this is a situation, this is why I'm sort of crossing with command and conquer, that you actually have to have units building this stuff. Um, well, maybe a bit more like Warcraft, where you've got like your peons, you've got your workers, uh, and so they can, they can potentially have put up defenses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, turrets, fences, whatever, um, to pretend, uh, to protect against you coming in and, and messing with their, automation Um, Mm -hmm. but then you've got you know there are units that you can get that can maybe disable things and uh and sneak in and then do that so it it really much much less combat based on a you know oh i'm building up an army to go and destroy their thing and much more around just uh i mean i guess you need a goal of to win i don't know if it's reaching a certain You know, you've, you've, whatever your power plant is powering, you've, you've generated enough of them or whatever, um, or something like that. But it's, it's about that push and pull of potentially sabotaging, uh, you know, your opponents or just making your own efficient, your own one efficient enough that it's generating stuff faster and that you're protecting against, uh, your opponents coming in and sabotaging.
0: I kind of like the idea of, it's not one of these things where it automatically alerts you. No, it's actually that you you got to convert one of your peons into a security guard, and then they can you can yes install them yeah. into into install like the a security tower. center, and then you can have like security cameras, you know, yes. around the place. But so then that there you, are blind spots. There and- are blind
1: spots, and they can come and cut the power, and you may not. You know, you you don't necessarily get an alert just because your power is cut, but also. I mean I guess oh, you in that case you, you, you don't
0: not- you don't you don't get an, an immediate alert because you know the the power to the security office has been cut. <laughs> and, right. Yes. And you know the other problem is you can only see four cameras on the security screen at any one time. So mm. um there's going to be times where the little red light goes on on the camera <laughs> cuz I, I I like that idea of You've only got so, so many, uh, monitors that can actually, yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. many screens that can be shown at a time. If you want another one, then you got to build another security office and then like, well, and I think even, and you've only got X number of, you know, certain
1: um, units that you build can see the vision cones of, or can like show you the vision cones of the cameras. Um, otherwise you do just have to rely on is that red light on or off? Um, and you don't necessarily know when it's coming back on, and that's something like, so you've got like a security analyzer or whatever who can, uh, who can see that and give you more insight into how that's working to be able to, you know, more easily sneak in. Um, uh, but you know, it can be costly to train up, train those up. Uh, yeah. So
0: I think we need a reason as to why you've got to be siphoning power from, from these things. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking it that one person, has a really really powerful power plant, and they're sort of in the middle and then you've got like the the smaller sort of settlements off to the off to the outside mm. that the only way that they can actually you know meet meet their smaller production schedule is to use the power that they can generate as well as siphoning off some power so that you you're actually giving a reason as to why they have to
1: well i think I think. Though, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'd want one player to have like it to be that asymmetrical. I think it's more about there are limited resources on the map mm-hmm. that you can pull from. Um And I think it is, I think it maybe is just reaching a threshold. Maybe it's just like when you- have have stored enough power, you can fire off the mega weapon that's going to destroy your opponents. Like it's, it's reaching that point.
0: Yeah. So if you're able to siphon off some of that power into your own battery, then yeah, you're like slowing them down. And uh, well, obviously I, I, you, ne- I, well, you need, you need a current limiter decide- or something like that so that you can, so I, you're not noticed straight away. I think away.
1: we have to decide is cause I, th- I think maybe, maybe instead of, I think this reactor is not. Well, it could be a balance, right? The reactor is powering your stuff um, to a certain degree, and so there's obviously got to be a bit of a, you know, uh, you have to kickstart it a bit by before you can have your conveyors all working because they need power. But the more complicated machinery and stuff you build, the slower you're actually going to build up in your batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, to reach your limit,
0: uh, um, I was just thinking. Actually, you you can't just. I don't think from the top down view and you moving the mouse around. I don't think you can see like the the red leaded or yellow, you know, um, power pole. You no. know coming into the into the it system. It has to
1: show up on like a security
0: camera or a field of vision or something. I I think. Your security guard who doesn't doesn't occasional look around, he may be able to spot it depending on his skills or something like that. Depending on how many uh, things that you've put him if you've into, a, like- if
1: they're at least a level two security guard, they will notice a, a rogue extension cord or something like that. Because <laughs> uh, you don't you don't want it basically that they go,
0: oh look, they've just put they've just put one in. No, you, and yeah. it should it should be that the the complex is big enough that you're not always just going to be looking at. Like, you can't just zoom out and see everything at once and see, oh, look, there's people coming in. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm feeling this is, uh, again, you know, I think a a round or, like, a game could be, like, 90 minutes, you know, like, Mm. or, 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 you know, it's a serious, like some of those old RTS rounds could take, at least for people who maybe weren't, like, super experienced. I know that I'm sure that- (laughs) no no, like experienced StarCraft two player or whatever is going to take 90 minutes for a round. I don't know. Um, But uh, yeah, I think the goal is more around that where uh, you you, you are taking a bit of time to really think about, um, you know, where you're placing all this stuff. And I think maybe how you're laying out the factory (laughs) or at least, or at least procedurally changed, Maps where it's like, oh, there's a different valley or a different like rock outcropping that I can't build through, or just like so that you have to plan around different scenery, uh, mm. to really and, and try to make it as efficient as possible. Yep. Cool. That's cool. I like that. I uh, like 3 to one uh, Smash. Kind of like right, non- yeah, okay. I was just gonna say, I kind of like the non combat, uh, based. Stuff that we're coming stuff up that with that we're doing tonight. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're generally fairly non, uh, non-combat non in our games, but it, it feels a bit more intentional tonight.
0: I think there's too much combat going on in the world right
1: now. Like, we don't <laughs> need- Yeah, yeah. Let's let's have games be an escape from that. Hmm. World Liquid.
0: Supervised controller. <laughs>
1: like the idea of the world liquid.
0: The world liquid is the ocean, isn't it?
1: That's. Or it's the precious magma that comes out when you crack it open. Mm, Mmm. Like a.
0: Like, like a, a Cadbury er- cream egg. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking an earthy cream egg. <laughs> Cadbury cream egg. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just break that magma directly into my mouth. <laughs> mm,
1: creamy magma. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so I, I I definitely see the world liquid is the ocean.
1: Okay, so we're just going to- Are we, we going to use that phrasing or we're we just going to take those words to say it's something to do with the ocean? Yeah. It's
0: something to do with the ocean. Okay. I think the supervised controller is basically- um, It comes down to controlling pieces of, of the ocean. Um, controlling is in like territory kind of- Territory mm. or or maybe- you know, with with the fact that the this could be, you know, even water world if you wanted to go down that sort of route, and mm. you're looking for for
1: could you know, this the- be something around sea monsters? Okay, maybe yep. it's like
0: kaiju sort of size,
1: yeah, and so the Pacific rim the super like, and it's about. Uh, Defending against them, or or like, or it's about finding them, mm. the study of them, or something. Yeah. Um, and so you're having to. Are there seven? Yes, one for each ocean. Yes, they each have their own ocean, and they're very territorial. Um. Okay. Well, that that's interesting because I was thinking of it more of like a you know, a, this, a specific area of the coast or whatever, but if we take it worldwide. Well, world it is world liquid. Like- it's world liquid. It's not country liquid. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's not be, a bay. would be lakes. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that it's about, like, seeking out or hunting down these seven kaiju, basically, these seven sea cr- giant sea creatures yeah um so is
0: this where you um each each sort of world or each each ocean is sort of like almost sea of thieves like that you can sort of have like ooh. seven different maps that, yeah. you know, they're not actually connected together as such. It's sort of like you've narrowed it down to this, uh, the, the kaiju should be around this um, chain of okay. islands and that sort of stuff. And then you can sail between them and sort of try to find the clues on the different islands as to.
1: Yeah. I do like that idea of it being put, like down on that level. You're actually, you're directing this ship. Um, I feel like it's maybe a bit more interesting. do not necessarily more interesting, but I was feeling like it was more modern day. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah, I, I like I like the idea of you've got like you know, scavengers
1: it- and Yeah. Yeah. But that yes, but- every ocean that you're travelling on or every map as as such, you've maybe got certain outposts that you can go to and get additional information from. you and and each of them does have these sort of custom clues and ways to track it down. You know, you get eyewitness reports of, Oh, like there were you know, unusual waves or a shadow beneath the waves at this point in the, you know, these coordinates. Um, and so you do have to like map that out and you are directly steering the ship, uh, to get there and, and tracking it on the map to really give that sort of, um, Level of of feeling like you're in control because
0: what I, what I do like about this is the kaiju aren't necessarily all seafaring like there may be one that you you go on to you go onto an island and you right. work your way just under underneath into it like an underground cave system and there's like this huge like mm. cavern in which it's it lives in and when it ventures out to. To feed and all this sort of stuff. So like, on,
1: on the Sea of Thieves influence, are you thinking multiplayer? Um, because it yeah, could be I, c- interesting to have a you know, similar to Sea of Thieves. Like, oh, okay, one person's um, steering, uh, but someone else is on the scanner, you know, to to check the sonar yeah, underneath. I, to, I don't think it's the pings and
0: I don't think it's you know a PvP sort of thing like Sea of Thieves. No, no, I think no. it's actually a Things it's a co op game. Yes. Yes. It's a co-op game where, you know, yes, you've got someone who's having to drive the boat. You're having someone who's looking at the scanner. You've got someone who's, you know, I don't know, preparing the food. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> <laughs> or because there's something about um, when you get out onto the island, all working together to try and- um find those clues that you need to
1: yeah i think it know comes where down to, go to that to problem next. solving side of things that sea of Thieves does quite well with its its various tall tales and different things uh, and i think this would be a bit more linear than than that i think it would be a bit more handcrafted for each one
0: i mean technically but the I way like that sea of that Thieves a, does it a in, a in the thing. in the tall tales is handcrafted they've just got a couple true. of different versions true like so, they will actually go, yeah, okay, we're going to do this particular- True, um, it's just- yeah, One to here, more, just or here, part or of, here.
1: <laughs> it's just more that it's part of that bigger world. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. But having seven seven separate sort of- You can have them smaller worlds, kind of like um, in Sea of Thieves, how you got the different sections yeah. um, of the world, and there's only a couple of islands, like- the yeah, fact it wouldn't
1: that- have to be a ton and you wouldn't want it to be too widespread anyway just because you, if you're actually physically travelling between them in real time. Uh And and I like the idea you could still have random events come up in between. I
0: I do like the idea that one of the kaiju is literally the Kraken. So, mm. it is those big tentacles that come out. But the difference is you- I think when you find the kaiju, you do actually have some sort of big- like event that, um, that you've got to kind of work out what you're actually well, doing. That, yeah,
1: that was going to be my next thing is like what happens when you find them. And, yes, I, I, I like that each one is sort of its own custom event, custom puzzle almost to yeah. you're trying to either get a sample or you're trying to... I mean, you know, for one of them- it might Make just contact, be- you- <laughs> Yeah, you try to make contact. One of them might just be, this thing is fucking dangerous. We're just going to get the fuck out of here. Like, we underestimated the size of The BFG. Thing. The, the-, the BFG, BFG is just like- <laughs> <laughs> totally fucked up, <laughs> or like it's King Kong or whatever. You know, like they said one of them is on land on an it's like, oh, it's just fucking King Kong. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's where my
0: mind was going, but I'm yeah. not I'm not about to steal from them, and I don't want no, no, no. I yeah. don't want Godzilla or anything like that. But no. I, think I think the think idea of going customized. to to like the big kaiju, you, you got like the big, um, you know.
1: Well, I think a, in a
0: <laughs> I just think
1: a big man. I think it's just that a big dude. He just he, his, his name's, name's what, Gerald. What looks like an island starts making its way out of the sea until you realize that, like, there's a it's forehead just and gut. a pair of eyes. It's just his it's beer guy. <laughs> uh, no, but I don't, do like.
0: Don't go south. Don't really. Don't <laughs> go south.
1: <laughs> See that? That's not a palm tree. Uh, I do like the idea that they are. Uh- that's not
0: an obelisk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've been generous now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, I very much like the idea that they're they're their own things. We're not we're not building off of previous. You know, I mean, except can, for except for the crack. But I mean, like, even then, <sighs> like we can put our own, we can put our own spin on it. It's not the classic, just a huge giant squid. Like, yes, it's some sort of tentacle based sea creature. Um, yes,
0: oh, it's an octopus. It's, it's, it's not it's a squid. Very it's very to- totally, very, very different. different.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but almost, uh, it, it almost thing gives me like Shadow of the Colossus vibes in a way as well, uh, where it's just like each one is its own puzzle, is its own, you know, you need to come up with a different strategy for it, figure out the environment and its attacks and its movements.
0: I, I think really what you're trying to do is you're trying to tag them. You, yeah, you're trying, I think
1: to- you're trying to study them, basically. And so, yeah.
0: And so, so all you're trying to do is just get, get that microchip into, into them so that you can, you can track them. You can, uh, monitor them from afar, but you need to be able to find them to do, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe later on you can like, as like a secret final thing that you realize that the government are going to try and do something wrong and you get the chance to actually, It's like go
1: and release, like go and remove the trackers then.
0: (laughs) Well, not just remove the trackers, but maybe destroy the the system that can, that can track them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than having to go through, well, I suppose in the old, in the old sort of games that was like, um, you know, Quest B or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) New game plus
0: is removing them. (laughs) (laughs) And new game plus plus is, is. Going and doing it again. It's the actual because new you- game plus. Yeah. And you gain plus plus. <laughs> plus 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 is actually <laughs> <laughs>
1: undoing it again because another government is coming in. And- <laughs> another government. Damn all those governments trying to take advantage of these precious kaiju. They just
0: okay. want to live their lives. Uh, there's something about like a. And I'm seeing again, like a Sea of Thieves first person thing, um, uh, because We've driving a boat and, and, and looking thieves yeah. And-, and yeah, yeah, look, looking on an island and I mean, you know, yeah, especially honestly, the honey like, crafted stuff as,
1: as part of that. If we were, if we didn't go with the modern day thing, that could be a set of tall tales in Sea of Thieves, like that could just be a new quest chain where it's like find a fucking kaiju and they could put in some really cool events mm. of Gerald's head coming out of the water. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, and having to, you know, sail around and try to get close enough, hit it with the harp. Like you've got, maybe you get a special uh, harpoon th- to inject to the microchip, you know? Yeah. Like how fucking cool would that be? So cool.
0: Hit us up, Rare. But but it's, it's just the fact that you then also have the scanner that you know, you can you yeah. can do while someone's running around with it with you know the the um the hurdy gurdy and the <laughs>
1: <laughs> someone's playing the drums and <laughs> yeah, you can have a special like magical scanner thing to that that pings beneath the water. Okay, three, two, one, smash! National racing fringe explosive. Ooh. I like the idea of a racing game that's got, that's all around like mad scientist technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Explosions and, you know. Or
1: at least potentially but- explosions or yes, using explosions to propel yourself forward in some way, harnessing them. I mean. It,
0: it's it's kind of like if um, one of the things that, I remember doing back in the days when I played the old Grand Theft Auto 3 and that sort of stuff, driving around in the tank and you turn the thing backwards and you just keep on hitting <laughs> hitting yep. the button and your tank is flying. Yep. <laughs> it's going fast. So, yeah, that would propel you really quite nicely, just explosions coming out the back. And everything's based on, you know, new, um, new things that you, you and your mad scientist buddies sort of do to you to your cars to make them go faster.
1: Yeah. So, is this a – well, my initial thought was kind of a a a build-a-car racing sim, Mm -hmm. but maybe it it should be a bit more of a narrative kind of thing where over time you do get different parts that you can potentially add or upgrade, Mm -hmm. but just the general idea is this competition between these scientists – who who are just trying to build these just ridiculous over the top vehicles uh, as part of some sort of competition or or something? Because mm-hmm. I'm almost thinking it depends on it depends on are we setting this in sort of a more realistic world and then this these things are just completely out there or is this a world where there's so much of this sort of technology around? Because I almost get a weirdly a a Mad Max open world game vibe from it yeah. where, yes, you've got races that happen, but a lot of it is just driving this car around to, to different places to do different quests and stuff and, and finding new pieces then to add to it.
0: Yeah, and I think then in that Burnout Paradise way that you see some cars and you can just go up mm. and start a race. Mm-hmm. like
1: Yeah, there's a lot more just ad hoc races- around than a standard open world game because that's sort of your focus. Yeah. Is this combat racing then? Or is it or is that only if it's an accident? <laughs> only if it's through the propulsion <laughs> accident, uh yeah. using using the um- Yeah air quotes. Accident <laughs> air, quotes. air quotes. Uh so like, oh no, it's just that my my vehicle is propelled by these mostly contained explosions that I you know detonate behind me. Mm-hmm. So don't get too close. <laughs> um or you know, yes, my car is is encased in a cage of electricity as it drives, like that's how I power it. So if I run into you, sorry, I just, mm-hmm. you know, zapped your entire so car. <laughs>
0: there's there's something about like what we're what we're currently talking about that I'm really quite interested in about just the world, the yes, the world building, but also like taking those fun things from Burnout Paradise, like mm. you can just roll up and then
1: and in challenge like, someone to a ch- race, basically. Yeah, yeah, and then it just creates waypoints for you, and yeah. I mean, I'm just loving the aesthetics of. I'm just picturing a car that's covered in like, it's got a big Jacob's ladder on top and Tesla coils out the back. You know. Yep. <laughs> It's just these big arcs of electricity coming down that that boost it forward every time. Well, I also
0: like that you could then have it that you can overload someone else's car. Like if they mm. if they're not ready to receive this much electricity, you can you can blow their power mate uh, their.
1: Yeah. Alternator I like or whatever. A lot of or- it being based around electrical flow like that, actually, that could be interesting because then, like, some of your protective stuff that you have to put in is like capacitors and things to, to, you know, make sure that, uh, you can handle, uh, a blast of, of voltage from someone else.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're, if you're driving past and obviously some of this electricity, electricity is going to go to ground and all this sort of stuff, you've got to be able to sort of handle the extra draw of
1: of power and all this sort of stuff. And-
0: <laughs> well, you know, I like the
1: idea of like the way that you refuel is you just hoon past a power station and you just get these big bright arcs coming down onto your car and charging it up if you've got Charging the
0: supercapacitors, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, that's that's kind of neat. It's a fun yeah, idea.
0: I'm I'm sort of thinking that there could be not only those sort of races, but different Maybe events that you can sort of enter into as well, like mm, yeah, that in in the in these particular things that you're driving your car around. As uh, the whole idea is that you can um, you got to demolish two buildings during this during right. this run, and
1: yeah, well, I think you've it's still like, got. Uh, I think you've still got a narrative through there. I think you've got some quests, and they can be around you know unlocking new parts that you can add to your car and uh, and winning sort of the overall. Mad scientist uh, race, uh, that, that is at the end of it all. But yes, that it's very much this, uh, event based open world yeah. where you can just have different.
0: I think things. though it is, it is a single player thing that it is not a, it's not a multiplayer thing. So it's not going to be that, you know, oh, I want to go investigate this building over here. You park your car and you go in and then you come back outside and you've, you've, cars being raided for pieces and it's just like up on blocks or something like that, you know, you're not going to get that sort of um that sort of bullshit. No, no, out, right? I
1: was definitely picturing it as a single player thing.
0: However, if you happen to see a car that has got a whole heap of stuff on the side of the road and you oh, really yeah. want it, then you can you do can that. For sure, uh, it depends on how your skill is in being stealthy doing that. Because if you set off the car alarm, like <laughs> right. they're going to come yeah, out, yeah. and then- well, and that car could have
1: all sorts of defense measures on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that super capacitor—it's hooked directly up to the um, to the to the door handle, and it's like
1: bang! It <laughs> just get blown backwards. <laughs> well, particularly, well, if you're going mad scientist, like the car alarm is that a, a it dumps a fish tank full of piranhas on you from the back. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a Rube
0: Goldberg contraption of all these things that go You can go that
1: direction of the real, like, evil – well, not necessarily evil villain, but just, like, yeah, when you're thinking mad scientist, you kind of have, I don't know, big chemistry set, like, beakers and and tubes and stuff going around on some of them that that also have – you know, you can use that as combustion instead of electricity, or you have – yeah, like friggin', uh rhinoceroses with, with electrodes on their head that you're controlling that are like literally propelling the car along on tracks or whatever. <laughs> you can have yep. all sorts of different <laughs> mad scientist type things and different technology parts. Yeah. To to, to to build this vehicle. That's uh, cool. I love it. So do I. Uh, I think that's the end. Yeah, I think that'll do us. Uh, yeah, well, that's it for our kind of specifically non- non-violent, I mean, I guess there was some combat there in that in that mad scientist one, but uh, yeah. it was incidental, uh, you know, episode this week. So if you would like to find us online, all of our previous episodes are available at podchaser.com slash bitstorm, as well as all our social links and everything else you might want, merch even. Mm-hmm. Buy a t shirt from T Public. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Take a photo of it with you in it. Send it to us. We'll shout you out.
0: Yeah. Hello, Bill. That's what we could be saying if your name is Bill. Yeah. Hey Bill. I'm sorry, I, for all those Bills out there, you just got a free shout out. But we yeah. may even include in if you want us to, we'll include your surname.
1: That's right. So Bill So whoever. Get on it. Buy a shirt and then this shoutout will be for real and not just one that we made up. Exactly.
0: Uh, If you like the song that we play at the start and end, that song is called Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure by our band or the band that we were involved in, Dust.
1: That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm a mad scientist who's going to blow everything up. Eternal Hope Tired Moon Pops <laughs>